Chapter 177 of Varney the Vampire, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Varney the Vampire, Volume 3, by Thomas Prescott Press. Chapter 177 The Mysterious Stranger's Arrival. The Consternation of the Guests. The Grazier's Terrors and Powers of Identity. The landlord's daughter. Hilla, house, house! shouted the strange voice on the outside, but in a tone that seemed unearthly. Whether it were merely a fancy or reality, yet it had its effect, and the landlord sat staring vacantly with his two hands resting on either knee, leaning forward as if he was staring some imaginary object out of countenance. Well, said one of the highwaymen, ain't nobody going to the door. No one answered, but Jem the ostler was hastening by another passage to the door, and then they heard some confused speaking, as if the stranger was giving some directions for the care of his horse. The grazier was fixed in his attention to what was going on, and appeared petrified, and held a morsel on the end of his fork, halfway between his mouth and the plate, with his eyes directed towards the door. In a few moments more they heard the steps of someone approaching the door, and one of the highwaymen said to his companion, "'Ned, there are people late on the roads to-night.' "'Yes, it appears so, but it is very uncomfortable travelling. The night is bad, and the roads no better. Who's this, I wonder?' "'We shall now see,' said the other, but their backs were turned towards the door, and they could not see who entered the door so well as the grazier, who sat in the same attitude, without a motion or movement, even to wink his eye, when the door opened.' and in walked a tall man wrapped in a horseman's cloak. The expression of horror in the grazier's face, and the swelling of his eyes almost out of his head, at once showed them there was something extraordinary, and they both mutually turned round, and to their extreme terror they perceived the very man, or his double, they had left dead upon the spot where the grazier had seen him. Neither were they alone surprised, for all present were able at once to recognize the same man without any difficulty. "'It's the same man I'm dimmed,' said the grazier, as if he had made an effort to speak, and when he had so, he couldn't help himself. "'Oh, Lord, who would have thought it? It's, it's, the, the, what do ye call it?' "'The devil,' suggested the landlord. No, said the stranger, no, I am merely a traveller, somewhat weary and tired. Do not disturb yourselves. I am cold, very cold. The fire will do me good. It is a very cold night. The roads are bad, very unsafe. Very, said one of the highwaymen, involuntarily. Did you speak? inquired the stranger, suddenly turning to the highwayman who had spoken, with a look of such a peculiar character, that he caused the bold roadster involuntarily to start. But he suddenly recovered himself and said, I did. What did you say, sir? The same as you, replied the highwayman. The stranger made no reply to the highwayman, whose natural effrontery, and the necessity he always had for presence of mind in circumstances of peril, gave him a greater superiority than most men possessed under such circumstances. I'm not well, said the stranger. Perhaps you've ridden far. I have, replied the stranger. Landlord, will you have the goodness to let me have some supper? I am weary. 
I have only the remains of the chicken pie and some ham, said the landlord, looking back at the already referred to chicken pie, which, thanks to its being made of great size, had already supped three hungry men. And there is but little of that. It is not much that I want. A small matter will suffice. A little ham and something warm, and then I will to bed. Tis late. Very well, sir, said the landlord. Here's some good October. Will you like that? Or is there anything else? I have French spirits. Then let me have some brandy. Yes, sir. I'll fetch my daughter downstairs, said the landlord. She's young, and her hand is steadier than mine. I shall upset the bottle. My, my hand, you see, is always unsteady after I've drawn the October. Somehow or other I always get out of order. What is the reason of that? inquired the highwayman. Why, it's so strong. I believe it's nothing else whatever. As the landlord turned to go, he gave another look at the guest, and appeared greatly disturbed and certainly thought him a strange and unaccountable man, for he believed that he was in truth the very man spoken of, who had been left for dead on the bank near the foot of the gallows. Mary, said the landlord, when he had ascended half a dozen stairs, which led out of the kitchen, Mary. Yes, father, was the ready answer, in a clear, pleasing voice. I want you, my dear. Bring the brandy down, the French, the sealed bottle. The other's out. I took the last this morning before breakfast. Ho, ho, said the highwayman. Hark at our landlord, how early he must begin. No wonder his hand shakes. Ah, said the landlord as he came back with a wink. When you have been a father and an innkeeper as long as I have, you'll do many things you don't now dream of. But no matter, I ain't as young as I used to be. At that moment a very pretty and genteel girl, about eighteen, descended the stairs with a spirit bottle in her hand, and advanced to the table. "'How will you take it, sir?' inquired the landlord. "'Mixed.' "'Make a glass, my dear,' said the landlord. "'Is that your daughter?' inquired the stranger, fixing his eyes upon her, and they were such leaden eyes that the girl shrank from him in dismay. "'Yes,' said the landlord. "'Any more?' "'None,' replied the landlord, and then there was a pause of some moments, during which the stranger watched the young girl's motions with a greedy jealousy, as if he feared to lose one movement, and in a manner that especially annoyed the old landlord, who, however, could say nothing, he having been quite cowed by the stranger's superiority in station and demeanor. Besides which, there was something very strange and peculiar, not to say superhuman, about him, that gave weight and caused a kind of awe to pervade all present, and they looked upon him as something fearful or terrible. It was not long before the stranger ate his supper. It was soon done. He ate but little, and, when that was done, he turned to the brandy and water. But there appeared an air of compulsion upon his part, as if everything he took was taken under the feeling that it was absolutely necessary to take something, which did not escape the discerning eyes of all present, especially the landlord, who felt it a slight upon himself and his cheer. "'If I had known you were coming here,' said the landlord, "'I would have got something ready for you, but as it was I had nothing but pot luck for you.' "'What is that?' inquired the stranger. "'What is that? I never heard of such a dish before. I am a stranger in these parts.' 
Oh, it only means you could have anything what is in the house. It will do, said the stranger quietly. Will you have anything more that we have in the house? Nothing. I came by the gibbet, not far from this place, and I met with an accident there that has left me but little stomach. By gosh, I should think not, muttered the grazier. It would have settled my stomach altogether, and anybody else's. Well, muttered one of the highwaymen, it would have left me no stomach, save what would be in a fair way to become food for the worms. What kind of accident was it, sir? A terrible blow in the side. It seemed to go through me. Well, well, I imagine there could be but little comfort in a man's bowels after he had anything go through his side. It depends upon the constitution, said the stranger quietly. The what? inquired one of the highwaymen incredulously. The constitution, replied the stranger quietly. There was a pause of some minutes during which the strangers exchanged glances at each other when one of the highwaymen said, Perhaps a bullet put in your side might be no hindrance to your animal economy and would in the course of nature become digested. Why, I dare say it would not hurt me so much as many, but it would take me some little while to recover the shock, which would be great. But I am unwell, and perhaps had better retire. Will the young female, your daughter, act as my chambermaid and show me my room? Yes, said the landlord mechanically. Here, Mary, show the gentleman into number six and leave the light. Good night, said the stranger, rising and walking away erect but slowly from the group, who gazed after him with amazement. "'Good night, sir,' said the landlord, which was echoed by those present, and, when the stranger was gone, there was a general release in their conversation from the constraint which the presence of the last comer occasioned. "'Well, what do you think of him, Mr. Green?' inquired the landlord. "'The very same man I saw on the bank at the gallows corner.' "'Are you sure?' "'Quite.' There was a general pause, as if there was something for them all to think over, and their thoughts appeared to be so unsatisfactory that those who lived close at hand left the house, and those that remained there went to their respective beds, and in half an hour the house was quite silent. End of chapter 177